Hello everybody and welcome to Tables, Ladders and Chats. We are not in person today because it is absolutely torrential rain outside. So Mike is in his room and I am in mine where we usually record. So I have the titles and stuff behind me. So we have a good bit on the agenda today. And to be perfectly honest, we kind of just did this right now. So as always, there's not really a structure. We kind of just ramble. But I think it is kind of important to note for everybody because this is obviously going to be going out on Monday night on all platforms like Spotify, YouTube, like, well, not YouTube, but Spotify, Patreon, all of your Apple podcasts, all of the podcasting platforms is going to be going out onto. So we are going to be restructuring some things. We haven't actually like sat down and planned this out yet because it's very hard because we don't really have time, but I will plan things out and send to Mike and see what he says. But we're going to actually replan out the Patreon perks and we're also going to plan out the youtube perks as well the price point is going to be the same for both which is going to be three euro so whatever your local currency is it will it will translate over to that or the exchange rates will transfer over to that so um we're going to go through that at a later stage but for now um we're just going to continue as normal this week until that changes so we have a lot on the agenda today and it's me and mike here obviously who just took his hat off for the first time hair reveal i actually can't find my hat hair reveal goddamn so in the last week we've had some good matches on AWTV. we had an nxt pay-per-view we had cm punk cutting another promo on smackdown and a bunch of shit that's happened there were some good matches on wwe tv as well i didn't see a lot of them like for example i, I missed i didn't watch any of raw last week because i just i can't do it man i i heard it was good but i just can't do it it's can't. It's been it's been very good the last like three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, I I can't, I can't in my right mind, my right frame of mind, my right conscience, just just justify watching a product that ninety five percent of the time, or not ninety five percent, eighty percent of the time isn't great. So I I don't want to sit down and potentially watch that twenty percent that's great. Because the eighty percent just overpowers well, you that. Can watch that makes it. Sense. So they recently they've been uploading the match of the night. Stay. So I didn't actually watch Raw last week, but uh, Seth Rollins and Jay Uso for the World Heavyweight Title was very very good. I heard that um, Sami Zayn and wasn't Drew. Who who did he fight? Damian Priest. Sammy? Was it Damian uh, Priest in a twenty minute match? It could have been Drew McIntyre. I feel like it might have been Drew McIntyre. I think it is Drew McIntyre, the more I'm saying it. But uh, I heard the the Sami Zayn match on Raw. Yeah, was, Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre, also absolutely sick. I heard it, it was class. I heard it went really long. I don't know if you can see that on Cage Match or anything like that. It's a 16 and a half minute match from Bell to Bell. Oh, that's actually not horrific. Okay, that's actually not... not okay, that's fine. But I, I heard that Raw was a good show. Um, the main thing we're going to talk about today um, is going to be the Continental Classic or the C2 or the C-squared, whatever. And also NXT Deadline. And I actually want to go into a bit more detail on NXT Deadline more so than I usually would. I didn't see the Iron Survivor match. Um, the Iron Survivor Challenge match, whatever, whatever it's called. Um, I saw the first three matches of the show and I stopped watching after Lexus King. Who is, yeah. The most auraless man. Brian Pillman Jr. has a look. And Brian Pillman Jr. is okay in the ring. And 
I think that given the right material could be okay. However, I have no idea why they're pushing him into that into this position right now. And I don't think that he's ready for the position right now because I think he's just oralist is one way to, to put it. But I just think that there's a complete lack of character there to the point where even the fans aren't really sure what's going on. Yeah, he has a bit of a a bit of an insane character nearly. Yeah. It doesn't feel weird. like it's going anywhere. It's just weird that his his dad is the loose cannon and this man is nothing. Uh, yeah, is nothing. Which is mean, but like I, I I just watched the end of that Iron Survivor again. Yeah. In 60 seconds, it's um, it's so amazing how they do it. C- can you explain to people watching why, as someone who is training to become a pro wrestler, can you explain why it- it's so impressive to you or why you're so blown away by it? So it's a 25-minute match. It's not like a gimmick 25-minute match. It's There's a genuine clock on screen that people can see all the time. There are five people in the match. Yeah. Everyone has to have a shine. Everyone has to get their pins, their spots, everything like that in. What's a shine and for people? It, their, their moment in the spotlight, their big yeah. move where you look and you go, wow. So, like, it's 23.40 on the clock right now. Tyler Bate has three points. Bron Breaker has three points. Uh, Djak has three points. Briggs has two points. And Trick Williams is on zero. So you get points for pinfalls. Um, the fact that with... What is that? 80 seconds left. They Everyone manages to be in perfect position for Trick to get the win is just astounding. Like, they're so quick. It's so fast. It's unbelievable. So, I, I haven't seen the match. I just heard it's amazing. So, he does he get four pinfalls in like 80 seconds? Is that what happens? Four pinfalls in 80 seconds. And everyone is in perfect position. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's five people. Working perfectly in tandem. It's amazing. Also, he, he gets the last pinfall with a second to go. Uh, I, two I know, seconds. Two seconds to go. Yeah. So, just to put that into perspective for everybody, this this man was able to collaborate with four other men in 80 seconds to get four pinfalls in four different spots. Uh, it's actually seven other men technically. Seven other men technically. But, so, there's, there's a ref bump and yeah. a run-in. Within gotcha. the 80 seconds. Gotcha. That's mad like. It's um, ridiculous. But just to have all the people in time like that. Um, now, I will say, Mike, I don't know if you're aware of this, right? NXT do the occasional house show. Yeah. But it's only occasional, right? Do, do you know how they're able to get that down to such perfect timing? I, pre- I, I have no idea. So yeah, I'd say you could run this match a hundred times and you'd get lucky. So th- this is the thing about NXT, which I think... I'm going to say something really controversial now because I don't watch NXT that often, right? I think it's one of the best watches on TV for your time. And what I mean when I say that is they don't do that many house shows and they're very concentrated because they're always in the same place. They don't tour. So they actually have time to plan things out. So every NXT match is planned, but not only is it planned, like a regular wrestling match would be, they actually have time. They have nearly a week to fully practice the match. So you can, like, I you can would tell. assume this match was probably planned out move for move, beat for beat. 
like I'm be. gonna do this, 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 and this, then you're gonna do it's the only way I can see this making sense. So so this is why I'm not shitting over this whatsoever, because I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna sit down and say, I'm gonna watch two hours of of wrestling, I think NXT, Collision and Dynamite are the three best shows. I think well, in, in Shawn the... Michaels said it recently enough, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Like for bang for your buck as a wrestling show, NXT is probably the best. Yeah, two hours well, it of has a bit of there. everything. It has entertainment. It has fantastic wrestling matches. Like I, I, every single week, I hear about how NXT has a fantastic match, and I think the crowd are always so hot. As they well. are because it's 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 kind it's the same community again, 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 again. It's always in the yeah. same place, right? So, um, it's beneficial. So NXT has this ability to churn out these amazing matches again and again and again because they're planned to the high heavens basically um now th- this is kind of where nxt also has a downfall because a lot of these wrestlers if they haven't come from the indies actually don't know how to call a match on the fly so my oh, i don't want to i don't want to take away from the match like um because it, it was obviously an amazing match i didn't see it but i heard it was amazing so i'm gonna t- take people's word for it um but my, my, for 25 minutes it's amazing what happens if trick williams breaks his leg whole match round. I would imagine that they are competent like there's no way they're not competent enough to know how to call it on the fly if Trick Williams breaks his leg they're going to know fuck change something they'll know to change they'll know to change something to change something but the problem is it's like I don't know I don't know enough about the guys in the match to confidently say any of them have enough experience to be able to do you get what i mean to be able to call that like all i'm saying is if something happens if someone gets concussed which can happen in a wrestling ring at any point do do they know what to do in that point and like maybe they've been trained for this maybe i'm wrong um but that's the one it's a very good thing for nxt but also very bad uh, Big Demo or Killian Dane yeah. talk about the North American ladder match. No. So he says, like, yeah, they planned the shit out of the match. They were like, right, we're not going to have any slow climbing. Like, it's bullshit. It doesn't look good. We're not going to do it. Okay. So what their plan was essentially is like, here's who's supposed to win. Okay. But if you're not in the right place, you're not going to win. And like, they'll clear that. They'll be like, look, this person is meant to win. Yeah, because there's so much going on in this, there's a chance he doesn't. And apparently, the higher ups in NXT are like, "Yep, that's cool. Whatever you guys want. Like, if you think this is the best way to do it, or if something goes wrong and this person ends up going over, it's fine. We can work through that." Yeah, I. I so yeah, like, they definitely know how to work through it. Like even from fucking, like from the what what are we now eight months of training that i've done it's like as soon as something goes wrong in training everyone is just fucking screaming work through it work through it yeah so i i i reckon they'd know enough to well, I, well, 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 they definitely know enough to get through the match yeah but see the, the point i'm making is if that last spot is screwed the very the point i was making was if the very last spot is screwed with that little time remaining it's incredibly oh, yeah, yeah. anticlimactic do you know what i mean that's what yeah but that's yeah. what makes it so good yeah i know that's yeah, true but like this is one of the things that like and the reason why i want to talk about nxc deadline is because i feel like if you're gonna watch i've heard that like three matches on the show were like really really good matches and for wwe standards for the last couple of pay-per-views we've watched together anyway there's one or two matches that are like quite good 
But there's never like a match that's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like absolutely amazing. There's been a few of those matches on Raw recently, which is weird, but not that many on WWE pay-per-views. Um, so on this, Men's Iron Survivor was class. Yep. Uh, Axiom and I don't remember who Axiom wrestled. It's not oh. Frazier. It's not Frazier. No. I don't remember who Axiom wrestled. Uh, Women's Iron Survivor, very good. Yeah, I heard that. Um, Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio, very good. Good match as well. And Ilya Dragunov was in the main event, and everything That's a he good match. is gold. Now that you're going to be surprised, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, everything Ilya Dragunov yeah. touches, I, I've actually is seen it. Gold. I've actually seen it. He's very, very good. And Baron Corbin's also very good in that match and sells everything really well. You forget how good Baron Corbin actually is, because like if you're if you're in WWE or in AEW or in TNA for that matter or New Japan. Like you're one of the elite talents in the world, and whichever, yeah. like you might be on the lower spectrum of that that elite tag, but like you're still an elite level talent. It's kind of like if you're looking at footballers, like like soccer players, and if you're looking at a soccer player in the MLS, let's say for one of the lower teams in the MLS or one of the lower teams in the Championship or League One. They're elite level footballers. Like they will run rings around the majority of people in the world. They're yeah. elite level. But just because they're not at the very, very, very tippy top, they, they might not get the the recognition they deserve or the opportunities they deserve or whatever it may be. Um but yeah. just on what you were saying there about the pay per So Survivor Series was obviously like it, it's war games now, you know, you're watching yeah. it for war games. Yeah. So whatever about what's in between on that. But if you look at War Games sucks, man. I actually enjoy both war games matches. Okay, I I will keep um, I'll keep this really brief before I continue. Go I on. hate war games because nothing happens, and this is the same with blood and guts, and it drives me up the wall. Literally, nothing really happens until everyone's in the ring. Yeah. So at that point, like, why not just have a double ring steel cage match where everyone starts at once and one what like one team starts in one ring one starts in the other and let them go fucking mental at each other for fucking 15 minutes do you know what i mean that's what i thought it was i didn't realize it started in a box yeah um, yeah that's what i'm saying they do have a hot start i think it's set rollins and damian priest start in the ring something like that yeah and they're standing obviously one ring one ring yeah uh damian says something or other and rollins just jumps he clears ball ropes and takes them out it's class yeah it's good to be fair i'll continue what you're gonna say uh, Crown Jewel I'm just looking at here so the most recent pay view that yeah, wasn't yeah. ran by War Games yeah. Rollins and McIntyre was very good yeah uh, that women's match uh, Rhea, Raquel uh, Zoe Starks Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax yeah that was alright don't remember it was alright Cena and Solo Sokoa I didn't really like crap yeah I, uh, I don't like watching John Cena wrestle anymore, man. It make it hurts the it hurts the soul. Because he can't take a hit to the face, so like it's yeah, just very. Yeah, hurts the soul. Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul far better than it had any right to be. Yeah. Uh, Eosky and Bianca Belair. That was kind of cool. I feel like something went wrong. Oh, yeah, it was Kyrie Sane came back. That was yeah. sick. Um, Reigns and Lana Knight. We knew how that was gonna go, but still enjoyed it. Like I bought into holy shit, Lana Knight might win this match. Told you. Yeah, uh, Cody and Damian Priest. Like they, I said they on this very matches. podcast, I said it on this very podcast, take it at face value and you will enjoy it. I said it. I said it here. Like they, they've they delivered some fairly good... Oh, hang on. I'm starting to see the problem. I'm looking back through the other pair views. I'm starting to see the problem. Yeah, I have. like there, there's a lot. Like th- th- this is the thing with WWE versus AEW. I will consider myself like a... F- like, 
it's so hard to like if somebody said do you like WWE I'd say yeah but I don't actually watch it that much I've uh, I've watched more WWE outside of pay-per-views in the last two weeks than I have in the last seven years that's no joke because it's CM Punk so do you want to know something so uh, every pay-per-view yeah since since Money in the Bank so like yeah. excluding Money in the Bank yeah uh, as far as Survivor Series right I fucking hated the main event right did so you, it did you... I, I, look, I went back and looked at all the main events so it's Jay and Roman yeah I was so mad yeah as you know uh, Nakamura and Rollins yeah uh, Nakamura and Rollins again yes and then, like, I knew the LNI thing was going to happen, but still, do you like, rem- it's a run-in. Do you remember the last, like, AEW match we hated? Like, hated. Uh, hang on now, when like, as in, oh, that was terrible, or that shouldn't have ended like that? Um, the second one, that shouldn't have ended like that. Yeah, it was on the last page. It was on. It was like for me, it was like the last three matches of uh, Full Gear. Yeah. So, let let me just go into that a little bit, right? You had an issue with the booking, right? Not with yeah. the match quality, yeah. which is different, right? So with AEW, that's not really a thing. In WWE, that's a thing a lot. Where like it's an actual issue with the match quality a lot of the time, right? Now the difference between but, the two. Sorry, go on, go on. Like at SummerSlam. Yeah. The match was... I, I thought that match was very good. I was like, this is good. Like, you know, these are two very... Like, uh, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. Like, very capable. I'm I'm properly engaged in this match. Do, do you not remember when we were watching it and I was there like, what is this? Why is he working a 40-minute Roman Reigns match? Why is Jey being beat up on? This doesn't seem believable whatsoever. Yeah, but that's the that's the WWE thing. Like, you know, you, you have the heel beats down the dude, bad guy and then you get your comeback. Dude, this makes me I, so I mad. This makes me so mad. There was no... Absolutely no reason... I'm actually getting red in the face. There was no reason for Jey Uso not to come out of the gate and beat the shit out of Roman Reigns. Like, this could have been a 20-minute match where for the first 10 10 minutes of it, he's kicking the shit out of Roman to make it believable. And then Roman beats the shit out of him. And then Jey gets another shine and Roman beats him again. Perfect. Everybody's happy. Roman's still champ, whatever. But no one's thinking this is a fucking 45-minute match where Roman Reigns is walking around the ring saying, fucking, who's your daddy? And all this shit, like. Do you know it, what I mean? It, realistically, it's like a 30-minute match and then there's about 15 minutes it's of 40, shenanigans. It's, I think it's 42 minutes mm. off the top of my head. That's, that's what I mean. It's about a 30-minute match and then Fuck there's about me. 15 the, minutes of shenanigans. Those shenanigans are out-fucking-rageous. It goes against what was advertised, which is so Vince. Um... Fuck me, like, but yeah, all members of the bloodline are banned from, and here they are. So, oh, here they are, and there's no repercussions. Going back, my point is with WWE, a lot of the time it's an issue with match quality. Sometimes it's with booking, of course. It's wrestling; it's a silly world of professional wrestling. So sometimes there's an issue with the 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 booking, and sometimes it's an issue with the match quality. But with WWE, it's more often than not an issue with the match quality, where like you're kind of just there, like, eh. My, it's, my that, that's the way I look at it. Has been, I, I'd be the opposite. I think everything I haven't liked has been booking. Like, I've enjoyed all the matches right up until the very end where they've been like, oh, let's do this. 
See, and see, that kind of annoys the, the, me. This is where we're two different wrestling fans, and that this is when it really comes into focus. I like really, really, really high energy, intense matches. I know you do too, obviously, especially because you're training now. You're you're going more towards that side of the the scale, right? The mm-hmm. the point that I'm making is like you're taking these things at face value where you're just enjoying the matches for what they are then you have an issue with the booking i'm actually pretty okay with the booking in wwe for the most part because i think triple h is actually really competent but a lot of the time from when i've watched so just to clarify because some people will get mad i am a casual 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 wwe viewer i am the most casual viewer you can probably have where i hear about something i go and i watch it Whenever I've tuned in life to watch something, I have been so disappointed every single time for years, years. I only started watching AEW in fucking 2020. Sorry, I only started watching AEW in 2021. So like for years before that, I was looking for something like AEW. Do you know what I mean? So with AEW, an issue an awful lot of the time isn't the match quality. It's the booking. Which you had an issue with. So, like, if only there was a middle ground somewhere where, like, the, bu- the TNA. It could, could be TNA, where the, match quali- where the match quality is excellent and the booking is competent. That's all, like, I'm really looking for. Now, AEW, in fairness, in the last fucking three weeks, have put more effort post full gear into their stories and their matches than they have done in the last, like, six months. Genuinely. Now, the last match, the reason why I was asking you this. So you you felt over the last year, it's coming up to a year since you started watching wrestling again properly, right? Fe- uh, February February this year is when you started. That was Elimination Chamber. So yes. it's almost a full year. You have been more disappointed than not at the end of a WWE pay-per-view. You have. Uh, anytime it's been a Roman Reigns match, yes. Yeah. So you've been more d- disappointed more often than not. The last well, one... I, so I got really invested in Sami Zayn. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, he's going to do it. This is unreal. Yeah. Then Cody, and, obviously. And then, and then he got screwed. And then... Cody got screwed. Yeah. And then everyone since has gotten screwed in the same way. And it upsets me every single Lord. time. And I always fall for it. I... And you know what? I'm going to fall for it again. Do you remember the last match you were disappointed with in, in AEW? I can name it yeah, for it you. Was, yeah, it was the the, fight, the last match of... It was uh, MJF and... Jay White. MJF and Jay White. Right. So that's in November. What was the match before that that you were disappointed in? As uh, someone Swerve who... and Hangman. Disappointed. Yeah, Sorry, no, no, that's a booking thing. That's not what I mean. Oh, uh, straight up, like, didn't like the match. Yeah. Uh, it was like a week before that, that uh, street fight. I thought that was kind of shitty. Okay, ignore that, because I, I, I hated that too, and I thought it was really stupid. Okay. Sorry, I'm quite, I'm, I'm kind of shoehorning you into something. The, po- the point that I'm actually trying to get at is, whenever I talk to you about this stuff, and we kind of just say, oh, that was kind of crap, or not great, or whatever, we kind of just move on, taking a face value for the most part. We don't really, like, overanalyze things. There was yeah. one match in AEW that, that you hated, and I don't know if you remember. It was Sonata and Jungle Boy. Oh, yeah, that made no sense. That, yeah. I didn't like, like, at the first half of that pay-per-view, I just hated it. Yeah, and do you remember how it finished with a moonsault and everybody was like, what? Sonata's <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> finisher is apparently a moonsault. Yeah, so... Or MJF and uh, Tanahashi? Yeah, you were disappointed in that too because Tanahashi couldn't bend over. Hey, just, but, do, like, just do this move real ho- quick. The whole match, they're like, oh, the fly flow. It's like, that sounds class. What's yeah. the high fly flow? It's a fucking splash. Yeah, basically. So, like... The um the point, sorry, we're kind of beating around the bush here. 
AEW are very rarely miss the mark with match quality. Sometimes they're not fucking five star matches. Sometimes they're not four star matches. Sometimes they're two star matches. Like it happens. In WWE, that's not my style of wrestling that I enjoy watching. AEW is the style of wrestling I enjoy watching. So you have two different companies. One is an entertainment company, one is a wrestling company. Then you have NXT, which is actually in the middle. It's in the middle. It is like so. NXT is putting on really good matches because they're able to practice them, and they're also putting on decent stories. I just watched the high fly flow again. It's so silly. It's so silly. It's just just a splash. splash. It's just a splash. Like, but NXT is in a really unique spot, and I think that they're they're doing really well for what it is. And I think I have to give like full credit. Not that it matters. That credit goes from me to Shawn Michaels. But credit has to go to Shawn Michaels for how I didn't give a fuck about NXT. And now I'd, I watch I'd say we're the last two people in the world Shawn Michaels gives a shit about. Yeah, yeah. Like, why, why would he give a fuck about me? Just a fat lad on the fucking podcast with a Patreon. Do you know what I mean? Like, like why is he give a fuck? Like, one um, in a million. One in a, like, oh, gee, one in a million? One in fucking. What, how many viewers do they have a week? I'm not even one of them. <laughs> So like, like they're do, they're doing well. Like, and it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And I said it with the CM Punk stuff last week. Just fucking take it at face value and try and just try and even en- the stuff the stuff we watch from Impact has been class. The stuff we watch, man. I sorry, it's so funny, right? I clicked on so I got recommended a TNA video on my homepage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I shit you not. It's the first time I've ever seen a TNA video on my homepage. I went, oh, a full match, right? There's so many of them. No, no, no. I know there are, but it's the first time. Not the first time I ever got recommended a TNA video. It's the first time I got recommended a full TNA match, right? Yeah. So I was like, this is Jeff Hardy versus was a beer money. And it was a, it was a one on a, a two on one handicap match, right? Yep. So in brackets, it goes Kurt Angle returns. And I went, oh, class. I'll watch this. I click on the video. Front. And center of the barricade, where all the fans are, is a a fan wearing a 2011 Leeds jersey with a big England flag with the Leeds crest in the middle. He is smack dab middle of my screen. Now, for anybody who's watching this, I, I love football. I'm, I've fallen a little bit out of love with it recently, but I'm a huge Leeds United fan. This was a sign to me to watch TNA. I swear to God. I, I watched this video. I saw this. I was like, they're trying to fucking pull me in. This is it. Like, this is for me. I never clicked on this video on my homepage before. And here we fucking are. So I was uh, I was in work the other day. My uncle called in. He was like, oh, I'm I'm front row in a couple of the TNA views. I'm like, what? Is he? Yeah, yeah. So he pulls up the video. He's like, there I am. And it's I think it's AJ Styles gets slammed into the barricade. And he's right behind him screaming abuse because he's drunk. One day by legend. Oh, it, I, we're I gonna have to like, watch that, it. That's actually you. He remembers it. It's. I'll have to figure out what the pay for you is again, but it's on YouTube. Like whatever it is, we'll watch it and throw it up on on the Patreon. Maybe on the YouTube behind the paywall. We'll see. I don't know how. Sorry, just to change topic. Yet. I don't. It's not that I don't know how it's gonna work yet. I actually don't know how strict the copyright is for member only videos either. If yeah, I had we'll to, to figure that out, if I had to guess, I'm gonna guess it's the exact same. Which wouldn't be great. Which wouldn't be great. Well, I'm going to guess it is the exact same in terms of I can't use like WWE stuff is going to be my guess because why would why would you be able to do that? 
Yeah, um, pay three quid. Now you can use WWE yeah, stuff. Yeah, now you can use it. So that doesn't make much sense. So I'll see what I can do. Um, since we're already fucking twenty eight minutes into it, or whatever it is, twenty five minutes. Um, I will say this: the the Will Osprey video is on the way. I'm gonna finish it basically tomorrow or the day after, and it's gonna be on Patreon first. It will be on YouTube. Heavily edited. Heavily edited, like the any Omega one. Yep. Now. What's good here is Noah seemed to allow you to use YouTube footage on YouTube, which helps. Oh, AEW. Jordy. Yeah. Well, no, but like, <laughs> I I can get Marafuji and Osprey. I can get Shingo and Osprey because Red Pro allowed it allow it as well. I can yep. get Jericho and Osprey. I can get Kenny and Osprey. Um, there's only like Okada in there really. That's kind of like I can't use it. Um, but for the most part, I can, which is really nice. Yeah, so like, yeah. Lot. So like, unlike the Kenny and Will video, where I needed to encapsulate eight years and go through yep. the timeline when they're both in different promotions and AEW has only existed for four years, basically. Um, it's I'm able to do it, so it's more condensed. So I have the matches. I just need to finish editing it. Um, but that will be out soon. But that will be on YouTube. That will be a good test of can I actually post this? Now, in terms of it being behind a paywall, I don't know what can get striked and what can't. I need to make, I need to do my research because New Japan don't necessarily auto-block things. They actually allow things to be used and then do copyright strikes. I don't know how that works for member videos. If they're not able to find them on a member video, then I'm safe. Do you get me? Ah, uh, yes. So, like, if they, if they can't look it up through... Because they, I don't know if people are aware of this. New Japan, because in Japan, copyright is such a fucking huge thing. Like, there's no, like... Like, everyone infringes copyright. There's no, like, fair use. So, like, in Japan, they have teams to manually claim all this stuff. So... TV Asahi has like dedicated people to look up things on YouTube that might trigger this and they will manually claim all of these but if they can't see it then Maybe they can't claim it. it but I don't know what tools they have so I need to figure that out but um, that's that's for that's a conversation for another day we'll go into uh, on an episode of this we'll we'll go into the logistics of how we do videos and stuff but that's not today <laughs> that's not today so, um, speaking of like New Japan and stuff, IWGP GHC. Uh, it'll be a good belt if they bring back the white strap. So, so explain what it is if you know, like what it's what the, they've done. It's the UK and US title. It's, it's the so. intercontinental title that they decided yeah. to get rid of, refuse to bring back, and then rename again. Basically. Well, both the old titles got destroyed because David Finley's a bastard. So it's they true. So it's the International Wrestling Grand Prix Global Heavyweight Championship. Holy yeah. shit, what a mouthful. Well, it's the IWGPGHC. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Like, that's it way... Is, yeah, that's, 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 that's too much of an anagram. That's t- the, the acronym. The same thing. Yeah, that's too much of an acronym. So, like, it's just... Oh, come on, boys. So... That's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, and that's going to be for the winner of Will Osprey versus um, David Finlay, Finlay versus John, John Moxley. Moxley. Now, the, there is a downside here. Now, the downside is that they've said 
that this is going to be a title that is going to be defended in the US, the UK, and all throughout Europe. Tell, tell, tell me when you see Probably Will Ospreay then. No. You don't think so? Finley. Why? Because Moxley doesn't do that many international dates at yeah. all. At all. Mm-hmm. Will Ospreay is already going to, he's staying in the UK as his permanent residence. So yeah. while he could defend it in the UK, he doesn't want to do indies anymore. He said it already. He doesn't want to do indies. Does Rev Pro count? Yeah. Ah, so okay. he'll do Red Pro occasionally, I'm sure, but he doesn't want to do Indies anymore. So he doesn't want to wrestle outside of the main promotion he's wrestling for, which would be New Japan and, A- and AEW, sure. But he's not going to wrestle in other promotions. David Finley will. Also, the fact that Osprey is going to more than likely weekly be going from the UK to the US, he's not going to be wanting to, to work. Yeah, it's a lot like, of travel. Like, that's a lot of travel, right? So my educated guess would be they're going to put the belt on David Finley and they're going to put the belt on David Finley. He's probably going to drop at the show of Umino or something like that. Well, they're going to put the belt on David Finley in their attempt to fucking push him further as a good leader of Bullet Club, which is not going to work because he's been rejected. Even in Japan, he's been rejected. (laughs) So this is what people fail to realize because people don't actually like a lot of the people who be listening to this will probably be following what I'm talking about and have an understanding of what I'm talking about but might not watch Japan like any Japanese shows not that I watch a lot of them but I can tell you with 100% certainty from just looking at things on Twitter and like following things online this man is being rejected in Japan as well this isn't just like Westerners hate him do you get me? yeah not the like Japan is a like you know what I mean but like it's not just like Europeans or Americans hate him He's just disliked in general, even though his dad's a legend. That doesn't really matter, though, does it? Well, uh, you get respect just by who your father is a lot of the time. To a degree, it's, anyway. It's that, uh, that story of Red Shoes being like, oh, yes, I shall have my son grow up around the most esteemed wrestlers in the world. Oh, fuck, that's John Moxley. Oh, goddamn, that's John Moxley. He's not going to take care of my boy. He's stabbing people in the head with a fork. He's stabbing, man, he's stabbing, he's stabbing himself in the head with skewers. He's a mad lad. Mad lad. So, so funny. We're still on the topic of, of, of New Japan, so let's talk about... We were talking about this already. AJ Styles. Yep. So we both agree, and I, I, I this is mostly... going to be brutally honest with this conversation. This is mostly for your friend Mercer that we're going to have this yep. conversation for, right? Because he's been a little bitch, basically, right? So, AJ Styles is a fantastic wrestler. And he's been wrestling for so long, he wrestled for WCW. People forget this, but he did. So, he's been wrestling for a very, very long time. And he's one of the elite level talents. We talked about this on a previous episode. But if AJ Styles didn't go to New Japan, he never would have ended up in WWE. Now, Mike also agreed with this and also said that when it came to wrestlers outside of WWE, that people wanted to come to WWE, it was always AJ Styles, was always one of the absolute first names. And I I completely agree. I stopped watching in 2010. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah, 2010. And in 2010, AJ Styles was the guy. 
And he still is. Like, th- th- this is what people, like, fail to recognize. Not people fail to recognize, because I think the majority of people do recognize. But people, like, didn't really recognize, like, at the time, I suppose, when he left TNA was, oh, my God, TNA are losing their main guy. Their main yeah. guy. And when he didn't go to WWE, there wasn't really a whole lot of chatter about it. But when he left New Japan, there was. Because New Japan elevated him to the next level. Because he was but putting was... on amazing matches all of the time. It's he's so amazingly good, and I'll, look, I'll I'll give it up. The first year he had in WWE, that rivalry with Cena, amazing, unbelievably good, amazing, fantastic, amazing. But I shouldn't be able to come back to wrestling and see that, like, oh, fuck, AJ Styles is actually in WWE. Like when I saw that, I was like, "He's got to be like a record holder or something, right?" Like, he's he's got to have done something ridiculous because yeah. you don't sign AJ Styles and just have him be a dude. Yeah, and he's a dude now. He's just dude, and yeah. it's 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 ridiculous. WWE have this; they have a problem, and the problem that they have, and it's not a WWE exclusive problem. Like it's a it's a massive problem in AEW. I'd say it's a big it's a bigger problem in AEW than it is for WWE because WWE have two big titles. I know Roman has one of them, but in AEW everybody kind of has three of them. Yeah, but like in AEW everybody's vying for one title. In WWE yes. there's a couple of different titles that they can go for, right? Yes. And when it comes to to AJ Styles, there's absolutely nothing, nothing. That was stopping him beating Seth Rollins back at Night of Champions and being the World Heavyweight Champion and going on oh, no, a fantastic on. run. Hold on a minute now. Go. That should have been Edge. Yes, but... And but, then Edge should have dropped it to AJ. Which would, have made, should have been Edge. which would have made sense. But the, the point that I'm getting at is when it comes to what they could have done with AJ, they made a conscious decision here. They, the conscious decision that they made was... We're going to put AJ Styles in the back burner. How can you possibly do that for the, for like the last few years of his career? That's actually criminal. Not only did you stick him in a tag team with Omos to, to make him teach Omos how to wrestle. But then you get him out of that tag team by Omos turning on him. And then you do not put him back in the main event picture. Like that is criminal. Like, Do you know that, what? But, if but, they but let AJ Styles stop Gunther. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. But the, the point I'm making is like, because he can have an amazing David versus Goliath match, which are also Gun- Gunther's favorite matches. Yeah, but like, I think that'd be class. But like, th- think of somebody who's in like their, their latter years in like AW. I don't know who's in like their mid 40s in AW. Fuck it. Let's just say Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Yep. Argument's sake, right? Imagine that Kenny Omega gets stuck with Satnam Singh. Yep. For the next two years. Mm-hmm. Then he gets out of that tag team. And they don't use him for a couple of months. And then they say, you know what, man? You know what? You're in a feud for the TNT title against Wardlow. Good job, bud. Have fun. Have fun. Put on the best matches you can. But as soon as you're done with Wardlow, do you want to know what you're doing then? You're going to be in a feud with whoever Wardlow is is about to beat. So, like, you, you can have a fucking feud with... I don't know. Ricky Starks. Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. Have a have a have fun. 
but Wardlow's also going to beat them. So you're just going to be in a feud that's like fucking nothing again. Do you know what I, I mean? I, it's like, I, I, it's just going to be a merry-go-round. The point I'm making is like, I don't know how you can do this like with, with, with AJ Styles. Like if you took Kenny Omega and you put him in that position, and let's just say he's going to fucking lose to Powerhouse Hobbs, who's then going to lose to Wardlow. It's like, oh my God, how, how much do you have to relegate this guy? Now it seems like what AJ Styles is, they're going to bring him back if they haven't already. I actually haven't seen SmackDown, but I will tell you how I found out that he's going to be back if he hasn't been on SmackDown already. I think he has. But right. the the interesting thing with AJ Styles is it actually looks like his push is over. Like, over, over. Was so, he, like... See, I had read that he was meant to... Face Roman at some point. He was meant to face Roman at the Royal Rumble, I was nearly sure. AJ Styles' return to SmackDown has been delayed. Okay. He was on the poster... Listen to this, the little graphic that says SmackDown tonight at the top of WWE.com. He was on the right hand side, hidden behind loads of like like six people mm-hmm. for the tribute to the troop show. That's it. That's how they announced he's coming back. Like that that is the level that we're dealing with for Oh AJ Styles is a big star. He was our champ. He'll be back. He'll be back. It's kind of like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being replaced by fucking, I don't know, who was a CM Punk and someone else on the, the Raw poster. It's like, dude, like, or on the WWE poster. It's like, dude, how are you taking Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens out of this poster? How are you doing that? Like, like Drew McIntyre is not on the Raw Rumble poster. How are yeah, you that doing was, that? Like, that was mental. Yeah, that's an oversight. Like, I don't think that's on purpose. Um, Like, Come on, bro. Like, how are you doing this? Like, uh, there, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of like shakeups. I'd like to see. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like obviously there's an ideal world where wrestlers can come and go, and you can just have these like amazing matches week in week out. What make, like, what makes wrestling fun is when those those matches do happen. Not that they need to happen all the time. Oh no, but I'm saying like if you could have people willy nilly go from WWE to AEW and back and forth. And... Oh yeah. Oh my god, the matches you could have. Man, look, Seth Rollins will Osprey is a match that comes to mind straight away. I love to see like Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles. Um, but there's also a million matches we haven't seen from people in their own promotions. Roman like, Reigns and MJF, man. Like Roman Reigns and MJF, but we but man, we still haven't seen fucking Jay White and Kenny Omega. Do you know what I mean? Like it's oh, now this is this is obviously later down on our little list here, but I I feel like that's that's all gonna come full circle. I hope. I think it'd be really cool if it does. It'd be cool if it does. So I think a couple of things are gonna come full circle. I don't actually think that's one of them's gonna happen anytime soon. So no, no, not soon. But so explain to the people what's on the list. The Continental Classic is on at the minute. Okay, Continental. Go back. We're not fucking done talking about Bullet Club. Say the thing. I'm getting to the Bullet Club. Okay, go so. So, Continental Classic is on at the minute. Yeah. Winner of that gets three titles, or a triple crown championship. It's yes. the, uh, the ROH. Okay. I see where you're going now. Okay, come on. What is it? The ROH. You get the Ring, you get the ring of Honor World title. You get the yep. New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong title. And then you also get a new triple crown title from the so. event as well. As you walk to the ring, the ROH, the New Japan Strong, and the new Triple Crown title are all on a table. You can't see the new title because it's under a little black cloth. Everyone comes down. They look at the belts. They're like, ooh, pretty belts. They have a quick look at the uh, the thingy, the, the, the covered belt. And you can tell people are like, oh, I wonder what that belt looks like. Everyone does that except Jay White. 
Yeah. Jay White walks down to the ring, ignores everything that isn't the New Japan Strong title. He is banned from New Japan Strong. Yes. He was kicked out of Bullet Club by David Finlay. Yeah. He's banned from not only New Japan Strong, but Japan. Yeah. So if he somehow wins the Continental Classic... Just a, ju- just a jump in here. He, lo- he lost the match to Hikaleo. He also lost to Eddie Kingston, didn't he? Yeah, but the 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 loser leaves Japan match was against Hikaleo. Yeah, yeah. the loser is banned from New Japan. Is Eddie Kingston? Kingston. Yeah. Yes, correct. So he has not looked at any of the other titles. So like to have him, and it it has to be conscious because he's done it for every match. Yeah, New Japan can't deny their champion. This Coming is back. Th- th- so. Okay. Okay. Well, this is wrestling. Yeah. Anything can be changed for any reason. People forget this, right? People get I, so... I, I know so... you're saying they, they, no, could, they could deny it. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, this this is wrestling, right? Yeah. We have seen people lose I quit matches and come back. We've seen people uh... come back from the dead. We've seen people come back from being buried alive. And burned alive. Like, we've seen this. This is wrestling. It is wacky, right? There's no reason why Jay White couldn't just show up in New Japan. And they they just let him wrestle. Now, that to me, I, I understand why they wouldn't do that. Because logically, they're trying to keep their integrity, right? So, if, like, he wins Japan... the, if, he, if he wins the Triple Crown, he's 100% competing in New Japan. Like, 100%. Yeah, and... So I want. They have a very, obviously a very good working relationship. Yes, extremely good. They rob Will Osprey like. Yes. So, in an ideal world, David Finley beats Osprey and Moxley. Yep. Jay White wins the Continental Classic. Yep. And it gives Jay White a way to get back to Finley. Yep. And that's just that's perfection. Get, I want that so get, bad. Get, get, guess I have a theory. Go on. If they do pull the trigger, yep. it's going to have to happen at Forbidden Door. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's going to happen at Forbidden Door. Here's my theory. In Japan. You think Forbidden Door will be in Japan? I year? think that I don't think this year. Didn't say that. But I, okay. th- I think that they are going to do a... So, they owe New Japan. So, whether they want to keep it in the US, Canada is one thing. I don't know. But my US Canada has made sense. It, it has well, it made it, sense last year. Well, it has, but at the same time, like what it also makes sense to do a cross promotional show with all of AEW's biggest stars in Japan. They've done the UK at a random fucking time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was five PM UK. Like there, there's absolutely nothing stopping them from going to Japan. Yes, obviously it affects pay per view buys and stuff. But if they're on HBO Max, it's not going to affect them anyway. So like I think it actually it's actually it, it would make sense to do Bullet Club versus Bullet Club in an a New Japan Pro Wrestling AEW ring in Japan. Now, if you really wanted to say, oh, Jay White can't go to Japan, blah, then you could have Forbidden Door in the US, obviously. But oh, like yeah, Forbidden Door in the US with Jay as your strong champion. Yeah. Against David Finley for the GHC. Yeah. I think would and oh, it'd be so good. Would be so good. I I just I think put him in put him in a cage just to make it better. I think a lot of the 
AEW like long term story long term storylines are kind of being set up now. And when I mean now, I mean now. Because even if you look at and a lot of people might know where I'm going with this, if you look at Danielson and um Nigel McGuinness, I'm sure you've seen some of the chatter about it has to happen have, at all yeah. in, right? Yep. I saw someone say that us as fans were entitled to get a payoff for listening listening to Nigel McGuinness and, and Brian Danielson each and every week for literally the last six months. And you know what? People are right. Because if you don't know their history, really, then you don't... Uh, but if you're a hardcore AEW fan, if you're an AEW fan, you probably are a hardcore, hardcore fan. There's not really many casual AEW fans. But like, if you don't know their history, then when you're like, why the fuck does this man hate Brian Danielson? You don't actually know. Now that Brian Danielson's after coming out and saying, I'm really injured, I'm constantly really injured, Nigel McGuinness has put in loads of work, he looks way better than he did and he looks like he can go, this match can happen, leads me to believe this match is 100% happening. So there... Yeah, him and, uh, I saw a thing earlier, it was like uh, Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson throwing shoot headbutts at each other yeah, in front of 80,000 people. Basically. But like, they're hard hitters, man. They hurt each other. Like. So, yeah, and... That all in is the place to do it. It is, it is. And like the thing is, it's gonna be Nigel McGuinness's last hurrah. He's gonna come back, have one match, he's done. He's done. Of course, yeah. Um, but that if that's Danielson's final match, also makes perfect sense for it to be Nigel McGuinness. So they're laying the foundations eight months away, nine months away, really. Um from from it, like. So there is plenty, plenty of time. To get to that gigantic match. I do feel like while All In was a gigantic success for AEW. That they need more planning this year than... than Sorry, next year than this year. Because yeah. while I was happy. And I, I enjoyed it because I was there. I do feel like I was also a bit let down by the fact that even CM Punk had to come out. Four weeks before the show and be like. Am I the only one who's going to mention Wembley? Like, what is happening with Wembley? There's no matches for Wembley. Like, CM Punk came out and said it, like, um, whether it's scripted or not, I don't know. But they left it until three weeks before, before they started started announcing matches. So if the, if Bullet Club versus Bullet Club were to happen at fucking All In, that's a good venue, too. Would you like to see it be Bullet Club, Bullet Club? Or would you rather it be... Bullet Club versus Elite? No, I was going to say Jay and Finley in one match. No, gone already. You don't think so? I think David Finley is one of the most boring wrestlers. He is a... Oh God, I was going to say something really bad. Mercer is going to get really mad at me. Uh, he is a Japanese Miz. I understand that like, even if you don't like him, but the storyline behind like, oh, Jay finally gets his hands on David Finley for what he's done and everything... I yeah, think that yeah. would be. I I would rather see that in a one on one match than in. I don't think there's a desire there to see that as much as you might think there is. Possibly not because because David Finley's been rejected. It's not a thing of oh my god, this is like Kenny versus Jay or Kenny versus AJ or AJ versus Jay. Why is everybody named Jay? But like it's like it's not like one of those things where everybody's kind of like vi- like they're all vying for that position. 
um, as opposed to David Finley, where even when it happened, people went were like, this fucking geek, this geek, this guy with the fucking shillelagh, this guy is the guy who's taking over Bullet Club. Are you are you joking? Like, this guy is taking over from Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, Kenny Jay Omega, White. Jay White. There are some bad ones in there too. Let's be real, like, but like Jeff, Jeff Jarrett never led them, did he? Uh, no, he never led them. No, but he was he, he was, was there though. He was a member. Um, it was Evil One. I don't know if Evil One. I think he was. I think Evil um, was leader for. But a while. like, is well, what's Gato doing now? Don't know. He's just, okay. just sh- shouting at ringside at someone. I'm sure. But like, uh, was he was he Santa Claus the other day? I don't know, man. He should, no, that was Red Shoes. Are you sure? Yeah, Red Shoes. He's he already has half, half the outfit, man. No, I saw Red Shoes as Santa Claus, but I thought Gato was also Santa Claus. Very possible. I'm sure he's shouting motivational words from somewhere. But, like, the, the point is, like... Just locked he, out of AEW arenas. Come on, Jay! He, he, he was, he was a, like, rejected from the get-go. So, like, people don't look at him as a leader of Bullet Club. Like, they do because that's the way New Japan wanted. Yeah. But, like, that's not really how the fans look at it. You and me, I know for 100% certainty, don't look at... David Finley as the leader of Bullet Club. We just kind of think that's a bit embarrassing. Like, Jay White's the leader of Bullet Club. Uh, in my in my mind, in my mind, I don't know if there is one. The War Dogs are the best part about it. Like, they really are the best part about it. The best talker in Bullet Club is uh, Gabe Kidd. His did you see his promo with uh, Osprey. Osprey the other day? It where did, they went yeah. live on Instagram. Yeah, I watched it live. It was good. That was amazing. Yeah, Gabe Kidd just oozes charisma and energy whenever he's on the screen and I, that, I thought that that idea of like oh let's do this live over social media that was incredible man it's been happening for the longest time but people just don't fucking do it like I've never seen that before where like they go live together and just abuse each other for an hour did I see who who, who did it before I've, I have no idea if it was done before, but like that was my first experience. So I was like, this is great. Everyone should do this. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, this is an indie match that they're promoting. Like, it just goes to show that, like, not everything is like you don't need to be in New Japan or AEW or WWE to be able to do this. Like, you can do this to sell an independent show as well and get eyes on it. Like, um, oh man, there needs to be more of it. Like, people like people need to just start hopping on Twitter and calling people a bitch. Well, yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah, like, if you know full well, like, like, Seth Rollins and CM Punk should just be abusing each other on social media until wrestle. Man, it, it always brings me back to, like, if you look at, like, Orange Cassidy walking up the ramp and John Moxley walking down and just a shoulder between yeah. them and I start to fight. Or, like, I forget who it was. Was it Samoa Joe and... It wasn't Samoa Joe and Claudio. It was Samoa Joe and someone else. And Samoa Joe, like is he holds down the ring ropes to let out his teammate or opponent. I don't exactly remember what it was after the match. So they're both leaving the ring together. Then then they jump down off the apron and one of them gives a pat on the back. And it's a little bit too hard. So then the other one gives a pat on the back. And it's a bit too hard. Then they get a bit harder. And then they just start like pushing each other in the chest. Because they're, they they pat, they patted each other in the back too hard. So then they just get in the ring and say, let's fucking go. As this is happening, all the fans are leaving behind them because the show was over. Like, but like, It's like the... Uh, it was something as simple as a pat on the back too hard. It was like, fuck you, what are you doing? Like, Do you remember the callback they did to MJF and Samoa Joe? Yes. Where Joe shoulders him out of the way back yeah. in WWE. Yeah. And it's like, th- this was this was like 10 years ago, man. 
I've said this a million times. Wrestling is wacky. Wrestling doesn't make sense. The whole point of wrestling is I can beat you up. That's the whole point of wrestling. It does not need to be complicated. Like there is nothing stopping. For example, just for an example, I I explained this to our boss in work where I said, I can have a problem with you because you're having a match on, on the card ahead of me. So I can come out and I can give out saying, why is he getting a match and I'm not? And straight away that starts a match between us or a few between us. There's a it's story as already. simple as that. Wrestling is, I don't like what you're doing. I should be in that position. Swerve and hangman. Do you get me? Yeah. Like, it, it, wrestling is the most simple thing. So having a spitting contest on Instagram Live and that it generated that much fanfare, like, wrestling is that easy. Like, you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to have a fucking six-month Adam Cole MGF storyline. Yeah, they can just be like two lads can just one guy can come up and be like, hey. Six months, by the way. I don't way. like you. Six months. It was good for a while. The all in match was almost four months ago. It was good for a while. The all in match was almost four months ago. Adam Cole broke his foot. We're trapped here until he can until he can wrestle again. Dude, why did they ring the win the Ring of Honor titles like? Look, we're trapped here until he can wrestle again. <laughs> we're just stuck in this vortex, this Jericho vortex. Yeah, like until until Adam Cole comes back and something happens, this is where we are. Yeah. So, moving on to the Continental Classic, there's been some great matches in the Continental Classic. I yes. did. I didn't see Andrade and Danielson yet. Um, it's so I, hard to watch. I heard. I heard it's very uncomfortable to watch. But yeah. the Continental Classic already has put on some fantastic matches. Now some of them have been average, right? But like yep. a lot of them have been really good. Like really, really, really good. So I think that when once we get into the the stage where you're having, I don't know, Suarez versus Danielson again. Or Moxley versus Danielson. Like, I feel like you're going to get into the territory of, holy shit, we're getting match of the year contenders here now. Swerve and Jay White, too, I think will be, be uh, good, yeah. another, like, burn the house down match. Moxley, Jay White? The, uh, that'll just be war, though. Danielson, Jay White? See, it might not happen, I think. There's a chance it might not happen. But yeah. the the point I'm making is like I, I don't exactly know how Realm Robin works, to be honest. I've never really understood it in G one either. Kind of just happens. Okay. Um it, I at just at some point they'll tell you who's wrestling who and that's all at, right. at some point I see Swerve and Hangman or Swerve and fucking Jay White have nine points each and I'm like, Oh, okay. They're they're, they're they've gone through. I don't know who they're wrestling, but they're gone through. That's kinda of yeah. just how, that that's how that's how it works in my brain. Um but like they're in a really good spot right now and they're f they're trying to finish out the year strong. Um, so Eddie Kingston on that topic. Mm. Eddie Kingston, I have him on our little list to talk about because Eddie Kingston had a really bad start to the tournament and it actually looked like he was going to be buried, right? Yes. And now after watching like a couple of his promos, I think he might go on a bit of a tear. He beat Claudio. He did beat Saturday. Claudio. He lost the two matches, the only two matches I feel like he he could lose. And what I mean when I say that is not the people who beat him, but I felt like he could only lose two matches before he's gone. Like, 
So they've done the thing where they, if he loses, mathematically he's gone. So yes. he can't lose a match now. So this is do or die time, Eddie, which I think is actually a pretty good, cool premise to have for him. So Eddie Kingston has a lot to prove and the matches have actually been quite good. And his promos, which haven't been airing on AEW TV, really. Yeah, they're going out on social media on so- afterwards. I think the work that AEW are doing on social media for these like post-match promos during the content of Classic are amazing. And I think they add so much and they should be on TV. But the problem is when they're on TV, they don't actually happen because they're too edited or too um, choreographed as opposed the, the, to give a camera. One. Yeah, it's amazing. But even Danielson's... The, Danielson's have always been great. But like you... I, I, I'll never forget CM Punk's promo where like he talks about like fighting the monsters and on and he's bleeding and he's screaming into the camera about MJF. Oh, but he's yeah, when he's like in yeah. the, he's just in some random hallway covered it's, in blood. No, he's in a doctor's room. But like it's one camera. You don't need this overproduced stuff. And AW the, the are killing one it. Where he's sitting on the stairs. Same thing. It's one camera. Yeah. One camera. All you need is one camera. And if you're good, you're good. And I love when AEW do that and they don't do it enough. But moving off of Eddie Kingston and the content of Classic, I want to finish off on CM Punk. Um, His promo, his first promo on Raw yeah. was all right. They cut him short, apparently, so it felt a little bit weird. We talked about this already. Uh, we didn't talk about anything he did. We just talked about, like... He didn't do anything. Yeah, but, like, he, he, cut, it, he cut an all right promo. I don't think he's wrestled yet. He, no, he hasn't. That's a bit wild. Is it? Um... A little bit. It's kind of exactly what I expected. Why would they have him wrestle when they when he's a marquee signing? That's fair. Um, and then he had a second promo on was it SmackDown? Yeah, that was good. The SmackDown promo was infinitely better than the first. Well, he got like what 13, 14 minutes on the SmackDown. Something promo? like that, yeah. That was that was quite good. And then he had a weird moment with Shawn Michaels at NXT. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah, that was that that was an odd one. Um, and he hasn't really done anything else. Yeah, and so, I don't think he has to because I'm still thinking about him. So I've watched more WWE. I said this already in years because of this man already, and he's only been back like two and a half weeks or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's really intriguing what they're doing with him now tonight on Raw. He's going to pick where he's going to go. My guess is because Randy Orton went to SmackDown, Punk's going Raw. That's my guess. Where Where is Seth Rollins? Raw. So he will go there. He'll go raw. Yeah. So I, I think that there's some good storylines there and everything for him on Raw. And I think it makes a lot of sense for him to go to Raw. But with Punk, one of the most interesting things to me personally is not the lack of the promo on Raw. It was actually what he said on SmackDown, which was interesting to me. Maybe not for the reasons that people might might think. One of the things that he said, and I made a tweet um, responding to Ibu of WrestlePurist yeah. about this, right? And you, you've seen it. Which he Ibu says that the line that Punk says, which is to the effect the Kevin of Owens. Kevin Owens, you can't be going around punching people in the face backstage. That's not okay in 2023. Who would do that? Referring to himself throwing punches backstage in AEW, but also referring to Kevin Owens literally punching people in the face backstage and getting like fined and shit. So like, it's it's one of those double jokes that he was putting right because yeah. he's signed behavioral clauses and NDAs and shit. So he needs to be careful what he says. But 
the interesting thing that got me from that was the lack of the crowd reaction, right? And everybody was tweeting about it, being like, oh, the crowd didn't get this, whatever. I, I actually agree. I don't think the crowd di did get it. And I've seen, for example, Ibu and a few others say, no, the crowd did get it. They literally start chanting CM Punk a couple of minutes later. And I want to say this flat out. I completely disagree. You can start a CM Punk chant at any show, at any time, and it will become a CM Punk chant because that's what happens when you start chanting his name. And it only happened during the awkward silence. So, yeah, it's someone like, I feel like not, not people would have gotten it. Not enough people did. So someone was like, oh, well, shit, we got to do something here. And CM, CM Punk, Punk CM Punk, CM Punk. Yeah. Like, for me, the promo didn't hit, and that's fine. You Some are, and some aren't. A lot of people are saying he looks really happy to be there. Yes. What do you think? I, I think so, yeah. I think he just looks like a guy who's walking around having a good time. You see him backstage in NXT? Yeah. He's sitting down with Rey Mysterio and Dragon Lee, and it's like, this dude is just vibing. I think... Oh, God, I'm going to offend so many people right now again. I need to stop doing this. <laughs> I think this man is happy to be back. I think he is happy he's buried that hatchet and that he's happy that he's able to preserve the legacy that he maintained for so long that got tarnished by his AW run to a degree. Yes. And I think he's very happy by that. However, I do think there's an awful lot of embarrassment that does come through sometimes as well. And look, the eyes never lie. And for me personally, when when I look at him... Not only is what he says very rehearsed and at this point un like unbelievable in the actual truest form of the sense or in the the truest form of the word, which is I actually don't believe a word he's saying. Um, it sounds very contrived. It sounds very rehearsed. It sounds very um boring. And I, I actually wasn't a big fan of his promos. I think back to 2011 Punk, who is cutting things on the fly and is trying his best to like, throw zingers at people, which he wasn't yeah, doing yesterday. It was like It's like he's trying to like skirt the lines of what he's allowed to say. Yeah. I think that will come back, but at the minute, you have to let this whole... Like, everyone's happy he's back. Yeah. You have to let that play out. He can't come in as a heel because he's been gone for 10 years. I understand this, and I understand that he probably is going to be a heel, but my problem is just the fact that, like... I think it, it, it feels like a very forced. Why not let him come back and cut a scathing promo about all the people in WWE who are talking shit about him? Don't even mention AW. Just talk about the people in WWE who are talking shit about him directly. And they're say, probably trying to let him be as safe as possible. That's for a, the time that's a, so they're trying to see if he'll play a ball. Yeah. Like, if, let's say, him and Seth Rollins... Like, if Seth Rollins was like, oh, I'm actually really not okay with this, and you have Punk come out, and you're like, hey, Seth, I heard you said this, that, and the other thing, could, like, Seth Rollins is obviously a professional, but, like, they could have been worried that, like, yeah, maybe someone will throw a punch here. Maybe. Like, and receipts happen and everything, but, like, I just think with CM Punk, I think that there's so much more to come from him. And I'm trying to take it at face value, but he's making it really fucking hard. It's not his fault I, I, either. I think you'll get back that like punk that people loved, but not, it's going to take... I'm not looking for 2011 punk, just to clarify. No, of course. But I'm not looking for 2012 kind of like... punk. 
I want the punk that was able to stand toe to toe in the ring with MJF and throw out zingers. And then when zingers were throw back saying, wow, you went for the lowest hanging fruit. That's a bit fucking amateur. And then throw back a zinger 10 times harder. Like, uh, and you don't need so, to swear. He didn't swear. He didn't swear at MGF once. So if you want to go to who he stood across the ring with and did quite well, John Cena is the guy. Johnny boy. Yeah, he went. He he had a very good promo with Cena. Yep. Um, Cena is the best on the mic in history. Also with Vince. Again, no one comes close to Cena on the mic. Yeah. And you Punk are had, I what you hate. Compelled. You are. The New York Yankees. It, like, it's... he's His promo is excellent. And you, he'll get back to that. Did you ever but see his promo they're... with The Rock? Any chance? Punks? Yeah. Yes. Man, I saw, I, that I, someone one line. Someone retweeted Rock's... Uh, when that whole thing was happening. Yeah. So the, like the Rock gets the main event WrestleMania because he makes more yeah. in a day than you will in your life. Yeah. The, the Rock... And Punk had like Punk had one of the best promos I've ever seen against The Rock, and it, I I haven't watched it in years, and I can still remember. Um, there's no more kitty games. You're at you're at the kitty table. You're not at the grown up table. Um, you've bitten off more than you can chew. And uh, at Royal Rumble, you will realize this that your hands are too or your arms are too short to box with God. Yes, and it's like oh, d- dude. How? How how is he doing this? How how can you possibly make me I watched this like years ago. How am I remembering this? And now I'm excited about it. Like he's that it's very, good like it's a very iconic line. Like, he will, I think I think you'll they'll let him go back to that. Yeah. But uh it as I said, very safe for the first little while. Oh. Just checking if he plays ball. Yeah, you, you gotta be super safe. Cause what if someone like he he says a line, someone doesn't like it, and all of a sudden he's back to throwing right hooks in the locker room. He, I don't think he ever would, but he he might just demand to be a locker room leader, man. You ever you ever heard that story? No, I think I have, but like it, he they don't know how he's how he's gonna react. To did, did, back. This is two thousand six, I think, or something, or two thousand seven, and uh, he just goes to everybody. Okay, guys, because I'm the locker room leader, blah, 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 blah. And Chris Jericho's there like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're the locker room leader? So Chris Jericho... Taker was still there yeah, in 06 and he, 07. He was. So Chris Jericho was Taker being like, this guy's calling himself the locker room leader. And they just laughed at him. That, uh, that... So, the one more thing, because like, that's everything on our list, but yeah. something we didn't go over. Go on. Uh, do you see Randy Orton pay in advance for the next time he RKO's a GM? Why did I know you're going to bring this up? It's so good. Yeah, he paid an extra Randy, your 50 fine's grand. Only 50. Your fine's only 50. This is 100. Oh, yeah, that's for next time. And he just walks off. Yeah, it's perfect, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. I I love Randy Orton. It's so good. So I hated him so much as a kid. Oh, everyone did. He was a menace. Oh, yeah. So, everyone, that is the Tables, Ladders and Chats podcast for this week. Um, I, I will try and get Mike to talk more on future because I feel like I just don't stop talking. But it's it's nice to bounce off someone. So <sighs> I, I, I tried to take advantage of it. Yeah, you stretched there, bud. Good job. You stretched there. So thank you very much for watching. This is on all platforms. Um, please go subscribe to us on YouTube. We also have a Patreon if you want to see a video version of this. And uh, we'll be posting clips and stuff in the coming week. I actually had clips prepared for the last podcast, but they, they haven't been posted yet. So thank you very much. 
and we will talk to you all later and enjoy the week of wrestling ahead. Peace.